Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is completely sold out. Somebody was asking online today, are there day passes available? No. No, there are not day passes. Can you sneak in? I don't know. Uh, That is an important question, Conan, because for most of its history, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has been a pretty loose thing. Like, if you're on the campground and you're not going to Porkfest, that was fine in the past. Mm-hmm. And then there was a period of time when People the organizers were, crack, they were, were cracking, down. cracking down. And they had, like, security agents uh, <laughs> searching cars. Uh, uh, golf carts. Mm. You know, looking for passes and that sort of thing. And then the, the uh, attendants tur- had a downturn after that. After they went real crazy with the security and, and all the rules, attendants had a downturn. And what happened was... There was an event called the uh, called Fork Fest that started, which is, by the way, entering its sixth year. That starts next Monday on the same campground. And the people that wanted to uh, have this alternative festival said, you know, we're tired of all the rules. We're tired of the, you know, the vendor fees and all the stuff that has sort of been cooked up over the years. Uh, according to the organizers, they believed that it was making Pork Fest better. But a lot of people said, no, it's going too far. It's gone away from the original drive of the event the original vision for what pork fest was and so they created a decentralized alternative yeah there's definitely a, a downturn in the ag in the agra valley po- uh, population i remember that the one year that it was just um 2019 was like a ghost town there yeah there no were more there. there were more vendors outside agra yeah. alley than inside yeah, there was one guy, uh, there was like one guy who was there selling knives or something like that, and he didn't get the memo. You know, he, he, he's just kind of like from the outside, he didn't, you know, he's, he didn't know, he's not connected with the community of activists here in New Hampshire, so he didn't know what was happening about this sort of exodus. And he ended up going to Roger's campground and asking if he could change his campsite Ooh. to leave Agro Valley and go to this the hot spot. Hot spot. And so that's where it was at. Yeah. So he ended up migrating away. And so the organizers of the event, I think they finally got the, you know, the message and they said, all right, well, 2020, we're going to decentralize. We're going to go back to the old style. We're going to let people set up wherever they damn well want. First come, first serve. You know, if you want to get the the Agro Valley spots, you you can just get them a regular price, Mm -hmm. right? Regular rental rental from the, the campground kind of price. And uh, and it went really well. It you know the the life came back to isn't that. Isn't that event something? Isn't instantly. that isn't that the core like yeah. one of the core tenets? You know of central have how central planners screw Doesn't everything work. up. Yeah, just mm-hmm. let people do what they do. Even well intentioned libertarian central planners exactly. still fail. Both Aria and Mark are there. They've got the campsite set up at RV Site 46. So if you're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you want to swing by and say hi to the Free Talk Live crew, that's where you'll find us. It's fairly easy to find. It's near one of the end caps on uh, the RV rows. So we'll look forward to seeing you there. We have, uh, of course, Free Talk Live and LRN.FM bumper stickers on hand. And also the, uh, the Shire Society... Uh, lanyards that a lot of people like. The Shire Society, of course, is a voluntary association of individuals who've declared their independence from the state, and that was formed, by the way, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival back in 2010. That was 12 years ago. That's the year Ron Paul was there, right? He, uh, no, I don't think Ron Paul's ever been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Really? No, he spoke years ago, I think probably 2008 at the Liberty Forum. Oh, okay. And it was either 2008 or 2007, somewhere in that range. One of the earliest Liberty Forums, the main speaker was Ron Paul, and boy, they packed the house for that one. 
Oh, uh, but no, I don't think he's ever come out to um, to Porkfest. However, Ron Paul has signed the Shire Society Declaration. Yeah, that's that's why I thought he was there the yeah. year that it, the year that it started. And then there's the the vendors. Those a lot of those people have talents. You know, they're uh, they're good cooks or they're good at crafting things or whatever it is that they do, and they bring their wares and they bring their talents to the event. And it's sort of like uh, this little free market that that springs up where wherever you happen to get your campsite or your RV site, you just put out, hang out your shingle, pop a tent up and start selling whatever it is you have to sell and not asking for permission. That's really the key aspect Mm of this. That was one of the things that really, as I as I became a free market capitalist, you know, I was I, I always asked myself, you know, will it work? And I thought back to my days of going to Grateful Dead shows, and they used to have a thing called Shakedown Street mm-hmm. that was a similar thing. It was just uh, where all the where all the vendors set up, and everything they did was illegal. So there was zero regulation because you can't can't regulate what's illegal, right? And uh, and you know there was there was never a problem, and that was one of the things that uh, that really convinced me that you know we don't need all this nonsense from the government and they had their own ways of kind of dealing with problems didn't they uh yeah i mean um i mean a lot of it was just not worrying about it mm-hmm. you know you were talking in the last sec- segment about uh tax protesting and i know before you've said that not paying property taxes would be a bad idea so what would you I mean, I think it's a great idea if you can actually find the people mm. with the balls to do it. Yeah, if you can get well, away I, with it, if you, if you, if you could get your whole neighborhood, like, for example, mm-hmm. me, my, my whole, all 500 of us just decided to not pay anymore. Shoot, if you could get 20% of them, that'd be huge. Yeah, well, the, the issue that I see with okay. it is that the government would end, uh, end up uh, richer because they would just come in and take your property, take your property and then they, um, then they sell your property but and, the idea and then they you... sell it but the thing is if if you were willing to fight back and you had enough people that you could then yeah you could definitely deprive the government of some uh of some revenue but that the thing way is, nobody, when they take people's property for non-payment of taxes it's usually done under the cover of darkness so what mm-hmm. will happen is somebody the typical situation is somebody dies Yep. Right, like some elderly folks who didn't write a will or whatever, they pass away. Somebody finds their bodies in their house, and then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with this property? The government takes it, they put it up on a tax sale, and then it's gone and sold to somebody. And, and this year, and, and, and last year, it's a they're making profit. Be an agorist vendor where you're not in a physical mm-hmm. location, and that's really easy to do these days. You know, selling selling online, selling all over the world. Actually, if you can do that, so but that. But the biggest thing from my point of view is be around other people who are doing something. Safety in numbers. And yes. That's why I'm in why I'm in New Hampshire. Um, you know, the uh the whole idea of the Free State Project is to gather people in one place where, you know, there may come a time when there's enough of us in New Hampshire that we can get away with boycotting um 
property tax, or even mm-hmm. or even portions of the property tax that you don't agree with. Yeah. Like I don't have a problem with maintaining my road in front of my either. house. I'm perfectly mm-hmm. fine with that. But the school, the police, the government schools, yeah. uh, you know, most of the police, I can. Yeah. I'm okay with the fire department, but the yeah. police, we don't need. What is? We're, I think we're up like seven million dollars in uh, a year, and for our our little little quaint little town here. Well. You, you, I think you made the best point here, nobody, and that is that the people is what matters. Having a large number of people in the same physical area that can back each other up and help out, it isn't perfect. You know, we still mm-hmm. are facing, uh, you know, significant amount of time. Ari and I are facing a significant amount of time behind bars in the Crypto 6 uh, case. You already spent six months behind bars. It's like, you know, it's not going to guarantee the government isn't going to go after you. Word got around to the tax enforcers that, oh, there's this festival happening and where's our revenue, right? Like they know there's a festival happening. <laughs> they know there's a, you know, a couple thousand people attending it and they're getting zero revenue out of the event. So of course they figured they'd show up and try to intimidate people. But that's one thing. It's, it's a whole other story to actually ask somebody who has a $200,000 house to put it on the line or a business and risk having that stolen. So, you know, we're a long way away, I think, from having a property tax protest. It would take a significant number of people with serious uh, huevos to have that happen. But as you pointed out, Conan, this what happened what happens every year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's just people living life. It's just not asking for permission. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's not a protest. And but what I'm referring to is, in my mind, is a protest in terms of the fact that people weren't afraid to not pay the 9% that you talked about before. Yeah, they weren't afraid because right. they had the numbers. Correct. And that, and that is uh, empowering. Another cool mm-hmm. thing that happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which, again, wasn't a protest. It's just people living free. I think one of the most memorable things for a lot of people over the, the years at Porkfest is seeing children walking around selling alcohol at uh, the Porcupine Freedom <laughs> yeah. Festival. What? Wait, Are you the- serious? Yeah, but weren't the campgrounds cracking down on that? Like, it, just asking people, not please don't do this. But the reason that happened was because the government goons came to the campground and said, hey, if you don't do something about yeah. this, we're mm. going to pull your beer right. and, and permit. Then again, that's where they get you. They, they'll, mm. they'll attack the one person. Right. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. There's this uh, saying that slavery is not enforced by slave owners. It's enforced by the slaves themselves. Sure. Um, the latest uh, reminder of that comes in the um, the actions of the, uh, of the NH Nurse Practitioner Association. Hmm. Um, there's a bill in New Hampshire to try and let people uh, get ivermectin from a pharmacist uh directly without having to get a prescription okay it's a it's a covid you know thought to be a possible covid treatment uh and um you know the 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 nurse practitioner association is uh, lobbying hard to try to make sure you can't make that choice for yourself that you have to go to a doctor first wow in the middle of your covid and then expose whoever's in the clinic and it and uh it takes time uh, and money 
Of course, they're going to get a yeah, piece. Of course, right. they're going to get a piece of that money. It's just their way of the latest thing to throw their customers or the you know the, the patients under the bus uh, in the name of you know they know you know the nurse practitioner association knows what's best for you, uh, even if you don't want to deal with the nurse practitioner association. Yeah, and if you can't afford medical care, that's why. Ivermectin is a very widely prescribed uh, drug. It's billions, used, billions of doses. Yeah, it's used as a prophylactic in a lot of African countries against um, antibacterial. Uh, yeah, against things that carry especially for uh, malaria, malaria and, malaria and, uh, and de- dengue. And a lot of people believe that's why COVID very barely touched Africa, mm. where you would think that yep. Africa would have been a disaster and, area. And, and India. But, uh, yeah, and India and also Japan, um, because... Uh, no, that's because the Jap- Japanese wear masks. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the whole thing started in China. They liked masks, too. That's true. Um, but because of the pollution, not because of their... Afraid of, they're walking through poop. They're not afraid of the, some stupid virus. They're Ridley, afraid of, they want to be able to breathe. What else uh, did you want to share tonight? Their, their source, you know, for making these claims as to what we should and shouldn't be doing with our health are the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, uh, FDA, World Health Organization. You know, how, how reliable are those institutions? They're not. And the uh, other thing they said that it was They're a nice political little, institutions yeah. is what they are. Nice Everything little, they said during COVID has, has turned out to be a lie. By the way, Merck owns ivermectin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mm-hmm. discovered, uh, ivermectin discovered in 1975. Uh, approved for human use in 1987. Uh, nobody, you really like. There it. was a Nobel Prize awarded. Oh, for absolutely! It Just a couple wow. years ago, uh, for the two discoverers. But you like this. You like this a whole lot. In 2018, it was the 420th <laughs> most most prescribed <laughs> wow. most prescribed medication in the world. So it's not. Uh, it's not it's no something, slouch. it's no slouch, it's not something they just discovered, and uh, no, they're FDA, mm-hmm. CDC, the WHO, they're, they're, they have been leading you around by the nose uh, for the last two yeah. years, trying to convince you. Trying to that make th- their that, buddies wealthy by oh, forcing absolutely. you to get their stuff. So, oh, and so Merck can sell their pill, which is basically ivermectin, but they mm-hmm. just renamed it. It's got some ivermectin. Change a molecule here yeah, or something couple, like that, yeah, right? Exactly. Kind of does exactly what it's supposed to do, but they'll, you know, but they own the patent on that as well. So it's a scam. It it's, a, it's a total scam. Israel and Germany share incredible diplomatic relations, economically, militarily, socially, agriculturally. The United States and Vietnam as well why can't the United States and Cuba do the same? It's long overdue. Mm. Hasn't it gotten better in recent years? Yeah, they, there has been a, a, little better. a slight rolling back. It's uh, I believe you can now actually visit Cuba. Our very own Mark Edge did a few years ago, went to visit I Cuba. I did as well. Mm-hmm. What was I it like? I did as well, and it was very interesting culturally. Mm-hmm geographically, linguistically, a beautiful country, a high literate rate, an incredibly well-educated population, different political system, which is not for us to govern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would agree with you there, um, but of course, I, I definitely support the people in uh, Cuba that would like to end the communist state there. And of course, there was recent uh, controversy, was it last summer? Where I mean, it was either last summer or 2020, uh, that yes, summer there were major protests. 
That's correct. But isn't it about time that we end the embargo? I agree. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's my concern. Is it morally, ethically acceptable to do business with something you don't agree with? So, for example, the whole Cuban embargo back in the day was because we don't do business with communism because that's uh, uh, anti, right. that's anti-American. It's anti-everything that we stand for, according to what what I've been told. And I, I'm not, I, a lot of business I'm, with the I'm not a fan. Government. I'm not a fan with that system of belief. But uh, uh, should I uh, refrain from uh, interacting? with with those people and or or is that just not going to is that not is that the is that the non-christian way to handle it is well, that on on a on a government if I, level if i if i want to help the people if i truly want to help them mm-hmm. shouldn't i be friendly with them on on the from the government's point of view the question is really well if you don't like communism because the people under communism aren't free then should you take the freedom to trade away from your own people to show that t- taking freedom from people is cool. wrong? Yeah. yeah, come on over and um, check our supermarket. <laughs> come, come check our supermarkets out. We got food wall to wall versus your you know couple of yeah. flavors of this and that and. Um, and- the big thing that's credited with winning the Cold War is Levi Strauss. Yep. yep. You know, they loved Levi's in Russia. Let's let's bring uh, it back to a all more... All cab drivers were selling Levi's out of the, out really? of the trunks of their cars because you couldn't get them there. Let's look at it at another angle. Your na- all right, so in smaller community. Your neighbor, he's a, he's a butt. He beats his wife. He beats his kid. He's a cop, you're saying. He's a cop, of course. Okay. Mm. Uh, should you refrain from doing business with, with that family? Should I? So I sell. I have things that I could, you know, barter with. You know, with this person. Should I? And I, totally against. You know, that's not just uh, uh, an ide- ideological problem. That is an actual physical. He's 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 uh, uh, punishing his his family, and I and I don't agree with that. Should I refrain from doing business with that person, or am I just hurting the family? As a whole, not just him, but the entire family is hurt by me yeah, not that's, doing that's business a tough with that. Question: how, how do you fix that problem? By the way, I don't know. I mean, I would say that that's yet another case where other people shouldn't make that decision for you. Yeah. Me personally, I don't like unions. I wouldn't work for one. Uh, but you know, you can not take the job. And so anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. It's a positive right, and uh they're like yeah that one i was like oh well i'm against it and their eyes kind of widened up like whoa like uh and then we started kind of going back and forth about it. i was like well wait am i missing something here like you know like it sounds but no it's exactly what i thought it was anyway can you define right to work because it's one of those confusing sounding things that on its face it's like well why would anybody oppose the right to work shouldn't right. everybody have a right to work so like it's like kind of exactly. like the patriot act so, though right like what what does it actually mean so right to work as far as i'm concerned again i'm hunting for what i might be missing here but right to work is the government you know pointing guns at employers and restricting them from it it makes it against the law and i'm just say for you to work here you must join our union and of course some unions uh, have dues that you have to pay to, to be a part of the union mm-hmm. and it restricts that says you cannot require that people join your union right so it's to, the right to work without having to join a union correct is what that means okay and 
I thought, like, because I'm not the type of person that says, what's the consensus on libertarians view? Like, I just look at my principles and I say, That's all right, you I should do. freedom of association. Yeah. Are you guys still locked down? Um, yes and no. Okay, I, I won't take the vaccine, so I can't go into uh, places like public libraries, and I don't have as many rights as the general public. Uh, most places that want you to have a, a job require you to be vaccinated still, but um, if I want to go to the supermarket or whatever, I'm able to do that hmm. safely. Are they yeah. mandating and, masks still in public places? Not really, but probably about ten percent of the sheep are still wearing them. Wow. Uh, do you do you have any idea of the percentage of uh, the population there in Victoria that are that are vaxxed, one hundred percent vaxxed, versus those who have uh, refrained from taking this nonsense? Like- it's hard to say for sure because the government lies about so many figures. The government say it's upwards of ninety percent. I would say that might be true because so many people here have, have bought into it, you know, and, um, you know, I just, I, I, sometimes I, sometimes I feel very much alone with talking to, you know, like people just in the community and just trying to tell them uh, that this is a genocidal uh, program to kill you all. I found out that it was a fraud, and I have, I have a personal policy in my life. When I find out that somebody's defrauding me, I stop playing ball with them. It's a good policy, generally, um, unless their gang is humongous <laughs> and violent and insane. I mean, yeah, so what's the uh, what's the first thing the gang did, and how long ago did you stop paying them? Well, I stopped paying them in uh, 2016. Wow. And um, the, the the worst thing that they've done is that they sent me what they sent um, six of their gang members around to my place. You know, there's the ones with the Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and the styles on, and um, they uh, basically, uh, by force of arms, um, compelled me to sign an undertaking of bail. And what does that and, mean? An um, undertaking they, of bail? They to, they, uh, basically, they put me on bail for no reason. Oh. And, um, oh. and uh, they said that if I didn't sign this, that they were going to kidnap me and you know put me in the back of their... Their, their wagon and drive me around for a bit. What an amazing business not. that is. Even right. if people don't want your product, you can force them to buy it and force them yeah. to pay for it, but you don't have to deliver it. Yeah, well, this is it. I don't receive any services from my municipality at all. I don't even get my rubbish picked up. I have other arrangements <laughs> for that. Rubbish disposal. Gwyneth is telling us about her odyssey of not paying what is the equivalent of property taxes there in uh, in victoria and gwyneth what are they called again Pro- what's the term for it there they're called they're called land rights land rights meaning you don't have any rights to the land right. only the state right. has uh, uh the rights r-a-t-e-s right rates oh rates ah okay so but you it's not right You've done some research, and yeah. you decided you were going to go ahead and take the risk. In 2016, you stopped paying these land rates, and then yeah. they came after you with uh, what they called a bail agreement or bail conditions. When when was it that yeah. they came after you? Oh, gosh, when was that? That would have been um, 
2018. So you got a couple years. Were they sending you threatening letters in between the those those two years? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were. But the what what oh was it 2018 or 2019? It was before it was before the world went crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was 2018 or 2019. But I found I want to I want to detail the the um the high court precedent that I used and what happened. Well, yeah. So you ended up okay. in front of a, a court. They came to no, you. No, I didn't. No. Actually, I didn't because um, what happened was uh, I went to the courthouse and there was no judge. Hmm. There was just a clerk there. This process of, of basically forcing you to pay your property taxes is usually a yeah. long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you're only no, four, you're only three years into this. No. When? Where are they at now? It was, it was six years ago since I stopped paying. Right. But they are in complete and utter fraud at this point, okay? There is no way that any de jure court in the land will turn around and say, this is completely legit, we're going to stand behind it. Because if they ever do, I'm going to the High Court of Australia. And Mm. the High Court of Australia has has a very long record of making good judgments with relation to this sort of thing. And while I'm here... Um, the high court precedent that I'm using, because you see, the um, the, the local municipality is a corporation and they mm-hmm. have a tax number, okay? And corporations with tax numbers are required to abide by Australian corporate law if they're doing business in Australia. And under the Corporations Act, you are not allowed to compel your clients to contract with you. That contract has to be uh, by um, free will. Mark mentioned earlier that it's like, like a Thursday of previous years. Nah, no, nah, it's more like a Friday of previous years. Wow. Normally at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Friday and Saturday are the two biggest days. So to say that on Monday that you've got a level of people there that is equivalent to a previous year's Friday is an incredible statement. I'm telling you, they're not going to have room for the for the group picture this year. It's going to be that, crazy. That, that field isn't big enough. The whole three thousand people. Aria, by the way, very call- well not. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say you're calling in on the SIP line at sip.freetalklive.com. Yeah, it, it's, it's popping in and out just a little bit, but it's really clear. Yeah, it was mm. good, and then it got a little bad. Now it sounds like it's good again. Anyway, go go ahead. Well, I am in the mountains, so. Yep. But uh, I don't remember exactly what point I was going to make. Oh yeah, they may very well not have room for the you know the pitcher and the bowl where they get mm-hmm. everyone together because. From what I've seen, a lot of these campsites and RV sites, uh, it's exactly what we expected, where one camping site is shared by four completely different people. Mm. So there's probably two to three times the actual number that they're expecting, I think, is going to end up showing up simply because of that. All right, here's one of the most important questions. Is there a security crackdown this year, or is it still possible for somebody to sort of amble into the campground and, uh, you know, hang out for the day? Thus far, there is no real security. The pork rangers do exist, but Mm -hmm. they're down there at the bottom of the hill like they were last year. Britain's top army general has told his troops to prepare to fight and beat Putin's armies in a European land war. It has emerged tonight. General Sir Patrick Sanders, who assumed overall command of the British Army this week, 
warns soldiers, we are the generation that must prepare the army to fight in Europe once again as Russia's invasion of Ukraine rocks global stability. In a tub-thumping message to British troops, he wrote, I am the first chief of the general staff since 1941 to take the command of the army in the shadow of a land war in Europe involving a continental power. The scale of the enduring threat from Russia shows we've entered a new era of insecurity. Quote, it is my singular duty to make our army as lethal and effective as it can be. The time is now and the opportunity is ours to seize. End quote. It comes as Putin menaces NATO countries in this week taunted former Soviet state in Europe by declaring they are a part of historic Russia. Hmm. Which has been his thing the whole time. He had his three plans, mm-hmm. you know, go in there, take care of the, the Donbass area, make those areas sovereign, and take Crimea back. Hmm. Which, uh, he's, which, he's, which he's been working on. Western I, Ukraine, not the whole country. Putin made the comments in response to a dramatic statement by Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan uh, President Tok, uh, Tokayev who sensationally declared he did not recognize the self-proclaimed People's Republics of Don, Donetsk and Luhansk mm-hmm. in eastern Ukraine. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.